<laughs> Welcome back to the Skeleton Crew's A Nightmare on Elm Street Retrospective. It's time to relive the nightmares with your hosts, Jamie Jenkins, Dave Z, Michael J, and Alex Edwards. Get ready for an in-depth look into the movies that haunted your dreams since 1984. So put down that coffee and toss that bottle of Hypnosil. <laughs> if you think you'll get out of this retrospective alive, you must be dreaming. <laughs> What's up, guys? It is the Skeleton Crew, and we are back. This is our Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective, where we go through every single Nightmare on Elm Street movie for June and July this summer. That's what we're doing this summer, guys. So this is Alex, and uh, something's trying to get inside my body, and I'm here trying to get some sleep with Jamie Jenkins. What's up, Jamie? Screw sleep! Yes, yes, sleep will kill you. Now it's time to sit down with my main man, Dave Z. What's up, Dave? Well, fuck you, Will! Fuck you! You sit down! Yeah. Alright, I'll sit down, sure. And last but not least, it's slumber party time with Michael J. How's this for a wet dream? Well, those are the only ones I remember, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so we're excited here, guys. It is the eight weeks of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Like I said, for all of June and July, we are going to release one show a week for eight straight weeks for eight movies. Freddy Krueger returns once again to terrorize the dreams of the remaining Dream Warriors, as well as those of a young woman who may know how to defeat him for good. since you've been on Elm Street. Don't let them put you to sleep. Welcome to a brand new nightmare. Now no one sleeps! I knew you'd be back. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 4. The Dream Master. How sweet. Fresh meat. Rated R. <laughs> Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. Welcome to prime time, bitch! You are all my children now. This is Tuesday night, and you are listening to the Skeleton Crew. Alright guys, this time we're going to cover... A Nightmare on Elm Street for The Dream Master. This uh, came out in 1988. Uh, this stars Lisa Wilcox as Alice Johnson, Andreas Jones as the poor man's Corey Feldman, Rick Johnson, Danny Hassel as Dan Jordan, Rodney Eastman as Joey... Oh, those uh, that's like the return people. Yeah, they're Joe, from three. Fuck them. Joey, uh, Kristen, and Ronald... 
Roland all come back. Wait, no. Kincaid. Oh, his first name. <laughs> yeah, his first name is Roland. Oh, just call him Kincaid. Yeah, Kincaid is a last name. Yeah, it makes sense. Who would name their fucking kid Kincaid? I, <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah, we just learned something on the show. Skeleton Crew. It's uh, what did we say last time? It's the learning show. It's not a learning show. Yeah. It's not a. Learn- it's not educational. It may be a learning show. <laughs> okay. uh, and Robert England is uh, Freddy Krueger. So this is a shell of a good movie. And I'm not saying that the way Michelangelo would say it. <laughs> That's what I was actually going to say. Is that like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference? No. What I mean is it's a shell of a good movie. Now, before we look. Wow. You have this person who, uh, I'm sorry, but looks like an inbred version of Kristen. Kristen. She's, she's the Kristen. She's the only thing that I see wrong with this film is Tuesday night. I'm sorry. Because the, the guys who like this film may love Tuesday night. I I don't like her at all as Kristen. She's not Patricia Arquette. She should not have been cast in the role. I think if they could not get Patricia Arquette back, they should have just shifted the focus entirely off of that character. Yes. 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 Mike, um, you said the only thing you saw wrong or yeah. you see wrong is that? Correct. I have, this is part of my disclaimer. I have notes here. I'm going to say I have over... A hundred different, um, you know, things that I, I jotted down here. Holy Out of those shit. hundred, two are positive. I got four. Wow. Everything else ends with a question mark. Every comment I make <laughs> well, is well, it's then, a statement followed by a question mark. Well, then, Dave, I'll answer the question so you can erase the question marks. Then. Well, I, we're going to try it, buddy. Yes. Okay, let's go to the whole cast. You got a drunk dad of Alice who looks like a deranged Al Bundy. Yep. <laughs> you got, you, like I said, the inbred version of Patricia Arquette. Yeah. You got a poor man's Corey Feldman as Alice's brother. I think he's a poor man's Johnny Depp, but that's just my opinion. Hmm. You got uh, Tori from Saved by the Bell, the biker chick, uh, as a character in this movie. <laughs> yeah, she was, she was kind of attractive. I didn't like the long painted red nails, though. But other than oh, that. I don't like that. She's also... She's also from Just the Ten of Us, along with Heather Langenkamp. Just the Ten of Us. Ooh, just I used to watch that. I should have known that. Yeah, they played sisters on Just the Ten of Us, which was after night, the original Nightmare and around the same time as this. I'm not sure if it was before or after. I think it was 87. I want to say it was like 87 to 90. If it lasted three years, I don't know. Well, sticking with the Saved by the Bell theme, uh, you got if you mixed Lisa Turtle and Screech, you get <laughs> Sheila. Like, maybe they had a kid, and it's Sheila. Sheila was brilliant. Yeah, sure. Uh, And, um, you know, Alice is... We're we're to believe that she has a shot with a high school hunk, Dan, who's like the high school quarterback, and she has to be the most hideous-looking person. Oh, no, she is not. For the first 50, 60 minutes of this movie until they finally slap some makeup on her. Like, she is... Ugly, right, Jamie? I mean, you those scenes are horrific. Yeah, well, I, 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 ugly is strong, I guess. Well, in the commentary, you're like, good God, girl, look in the fucking mirror before you leave the house. No, you said you should take those pictures. <laughs> you said you should take those pictures off your mirror. Yeah, that, well, that's true. I mean, she did. She looks like wrung out like a dish rag, is what she looks. <laughs> yeah, she looks like somebody beat the crap out of her and then doused her and. Uh, and and it's true. I mean, the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, God, you know, nothing had even really happened to her. Like, so 
why are you walking around like she okay she's walking around like someone who gets molested and is a I don't know I don't know if that makes any sense but like anytime you've ever anytime you've ever seen a movie or anything like an after school special about someone who you know has the the funny uncle or whatever they always they they always like downplay like they you know they're 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 introverted and they have stringy hair and they don't want to they don't want to be attractive they don't want sunlight yeah they cover um, up exactly and i was like what is wrong with you nothing is even you even have a well not really a boyfriend but you have the attention of like what is what does she call him a a certified hunk major league hunk a major league hunk you have the attention of a major league hunk wash your hair that's all i'm saying <laughs> yeah and why are you dressed like adrian with 20 sweaters on Apparently, like, Debbie stole all the volume from her hair <laughs> and kept it for herself. That's what happened. Yeah. So uh, now, for some bizarre reason, uh, the three of these assholes from Part 3 are out of Weston Hills. I don't know why. I guess once they killed Freddy, they just said, well, hey, guys, we're not really dreaming about him anymore. Can we go? And they were like, okay. <laughs> They're still pretty much the same age. I mean. So they let him go within just months of this disaster of a fiasco that took place in part three. So I don't know. I guess if you just say, well, guys, I'm sort of not dreaming bad things anymore. They'll say, OK, you can go back into society, I guess. And within months, they'll, they'll do that. So that's what we didn't know about life. So I'm glad this movie taught us that. Now, Kristen, now it seems that she constantly is dragging her friends into her dreams to the point where they're just annoyed by now. She's gonna. She thinks that Freddy's coming back because she's having a scary dream. It's starting off scary. What the fuck's going on? So she pulls them in for support, like she did in the first movie. She had the right idea. Later on, Alice fucking. Well, it wasn't Alice's fault. It's not her fault. Kristen gave her the power, which is another story. But anyway, so convoluted that whole thing. But... Oh, it's it's horrible. But yeah, which, don't, don't which, you get that? By I the get... way, Freddy had no way of knowing that she was going to pass that power on to her. So as soon as she brought the, as soon as she brought. Alice in, he just offs Kristen. And I'm like, well, how did you know? He, he could have shot himself in the foot. <laughs> right. <laughs> at Wait that a point, because he didn't know she was going to be able to bring anybody else in. So he's just like, oh, I got one more. That's it. You know what I'm saying? You think, you think Freddie wanted that to happen? Otherwise, how is he going to kill anybody? There's no one for him to kill. If Kristen's the last one, then, then I mean, he has to want them to her to bring people in so he can have somebody to kill. Otherwise, oh. he can't get to them just on their own merit, because... This... Yeah, he even said to Alice in the diner, he said, okay, sweetie, bro, go get me another one. Then then she does with the workout girl, and he goes, okay, your shift is over. This yeah. movie just got lowered now. I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> so now, plot-wise, you're trying to tell me that Freddy knew that that was gonna happen. It's bad enough that she even passed her the powers, because it's like watching fuck... Uh, you know what? Uh, this honestly, this whole script, this story—it's like it was really written by like nine-year-olds. That I, I, I'm not trying to be mean. That's like watching like an episode of like fucking My Little Pony or something. And you know, oh, the Star Stealer is gonna gonna do something to me. Here, Pinkie Pie, take my powers. Pinkie Pie. <laughs> I think you just pissed off a shit ton of bronies right there. <laughs> Comparing this movie to My Little Pony. <laughs> The passing of the powers is it's utterly ridiculous. Who could even do that? Who, how does Kristen even have the authority to fucking do that? It's just, it's so childlike. It's like, 
like I said, My Little Pony, or maybe a little more serious, maybe like a He-Man cartoon. Yeah, He-Man at least. This yeah, whole and thing is no just cartoon. Way in hell, Freddie could have known that she would be able to do that because who would be able to expect that? You can't because it's dumb. Can you imagine she passed her the power and then she realized all she could do is backflips? <gasps> How about this? Speaking of backflips, did you notice that Kristen does not do one fucking backflip or anything gymnastics-like whatsoever? But after Alice gets Kristen's powers, later she can do it. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck sense does that make? This is her power. It's all she can do is besides pulling people in. And they don't even decide to fucking to pay somebody to come in and do some flips with blonde hair. <laughs> Dude, they couldn't pay for the last kill of the movie. <laughs> when when, her, when Alice's brother gets killed, they said in the documentary they had no money, so they just shot nothing. <laughs> but we'll oh, get, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. So yeah. they have this dog, and his name is Jason. He has a white face with the black dots on it, like a hockey mask. That was like, that's pretty funny. Cool. <laughs> this whole thing about Freddy coming back. Now, Mike, I'd love to see you defend this. Um, Freddy made the dog do this so figuratively he could have just got out at any time like what what exactly took place to make him come back other than a fantasy he was in control of yeah but how yeah but freddie wasn't in control of that because freddie was not so the the dog took it upon himself he wanted freddie back Yes, you can look at it that way. What? Wait. <laughs> how, how, why was the dog even fucking there to begin with? How's that? Because how the, the... the dog was meant to be a nod or an homage to Friday the 13th. That's why yeah, the but... dog was there in the first place. I, I understand the dog being... In, I, I don't mean that. How is the dog in the dream in the first place? Let me rephrase because it. Because Kincaid brought him in for guidance and help. So Kincaid, no, he when he falls asleep, which by the way, he wasn't even asleep when he got pulled in. He was well, fucking. We, well, we don't know that. Yeah, we, we were watching it. Remember what kind that? Of, what kind yeah. of dick dog, when you call him in for help, ends up calling up the very thing you're trying to fight? Well, dogs are stupid. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. No, that's yeah. bullshit. You know, and right now there are a chorus of people who like this movie going, "Shut up, Mike. We don't <laughs> need you." <ya." laughs> <laughs> Mike's not helping well, any guy. They, and they, the dog they, is awake. They Why can't need awake somebody people? because they're not doing it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how could a dog... Wait a minute, I don't even understand. Wait, so Kincaid's not sleeping, but he closes his eyes, now he's in a trunk. Now the dog is with him, but turns on him. And goes, right, Arr. well, no, 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 because the dog sees a bone. And you know how dogs, they love bones. So, of course, that's going to attract them to want to dig, and then that's what happens. That's what all orchestrates the thing to get it started. What about the fire, Pete? Oh. Now, how, the fire know, pee from the dog? No, from Kincaid. He has, he has gonorrhea. He drank no. that quart of Pennzoil along with the dog from Christmas Vacation. <laughs> yeah, let's let's <laughs> let's say that the dog isn't even asleep. How could it be in the dream? The Freddy dog was The dog is asleep. The dog, the dog is asleep is, too. Dog is you, asleep are you watching the Kincaid. same movie? I am what? definitely watching the same. I watched it just today. You trying to tell me this they showed a yes. sleeping dog and a sleeping Kincaid? No, yeah. Well, I that's the no. thing. You don't see it. They have a budget of $7 million. They don't even give poor Kincaid a change of clothes. He goes to school, goes to bed, and then the next day we see him again, always wearing the same clothes. Well, his clothes require a lot of extra fabric, which was not in the budget to purchase. So, uh, Then you get to the most bizarre fucking 
editing or directing you you can ever see in a big budget horror movie. I know uh, where you're going. This, I know what shot you're going with. <laughs> the camera pulls away, looking down at him from the sky. Pulls away, exposing the entire junkyard. And while this is happening, Kincaid's going, Kristen! Freddy's back! Freddy's back! Every time you would ever see something like that, the natural progression is you go to a completely different scene in the movie of something else happening. What happens here? Because it, dude, that, that's a fadeaway shot. And did, you watch, did you guys watch the deleted scene where he starts spinning around and goes, What do you want from me, huh? I <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish I did. So, okay, so wait, so he pulls up yelling, Freddy's back, and you think it's good, the scene's gonna go end and maybe show somebody else? No. It immediately shows a side version of Kincaid, and Freddy is just there standing there, and then grabs him and shoves his hand into his chest with the knives. Like, what was that? Freddy just comes out of nowhere. He, he just, he's just there. And it's not in a good way, as in, like, you just turn around and there's Freddy. It's not a cool way like that. He's just there. Yeah, but Jason is just there a lot of the time, too. But it's cool when that yeah, happens. It, yeah, it makes sense. It The cut is better. It's piss-poor editing. That's what it is. That This movie is fucking, like I said, nine-year-olds. Every aspect. There's no good aspects to this film except the two. The effects, and not all of them are great, but there are some great effect scenes. I will give them that. Kevin Yeager did some cool tricks. The cockroach scene, etc. There's some good shit. And the one, the biggest positive in this movie is they brought back the original score from the original film. Yes. I, I like was going to point that out, too. I did enjoy that as well. It's cool. I, I will give the devil. brother work on this movie? My brother? No. My brother wouldn't have the smarts to do this, unfortunately. Are you kidding me? You well, think... we've seen his work. <laughs> Dude, the editing. When you have that scene, like Alex says, even if you don't cut to a difference, every other movie you see a shot like that, they cut away. Even if they don't cut away, I could even see them zooming back down and then doing something cool with the camera, swooping it back up, and then Freddy approaches him, or, you know, something. But not, you don't swoop up, and then all of a sudden, the next <laughs> shot, boom. It's piss-poor editing. Yeah. Kristen's smoking randomly. I don't remember her smoking in part three. Nope, she doesn't. <laughs> well, she does it to stay awake. You're thinking of the other girl, Mike, fucking, uh... That was burning herself. Well, I no, think. but yeah, but but she, yeah, but but she does it because she feels maybe she gets a high from the nicotine that makes her stay awake. So, so Moonface learned it from Pie Face. <laughs> <laughs> Moon Pie. I can't. I can't say anything about Moonface because I, like I said, I don't like Tuesday Night at all in that role. But still, why? Why? It, why? Why? Why is she so concerned about staying awake in this movie, but not the last one where she's really being tormented? Freddy's not even here yet. Well, because I, I think she realizes that it's coming to the end of her cycle. Okay, how about this, Mike? Yeah. She she takes a cigarette out, she lights it, but it doesn't really light, and she fakes inhaling and exhaling. Well, that's because she isn't really a smoker. It's a fact that that's what they did. But instead of editing it out of this movie or changing it, they just leave it in. We watch her fake smoking. How do you do that on a fucking a $7 million budget on a big follow-up to a fucking smash hit movie? It's like they had the smash hit movie and they made this movie just fucking on, on more money just to fucking just to make money. But then you destroy your franchise with it because after this, it's over. Yeah, but this was supposed to be the last one. Oh, OK. 
No, three was supposed to be the last well, one. Well, no, Robert England said that he didn't want to come back. That four was going to be it. He didn't want to come back and play the character again. Oh, after you're right. Four. Yeah, and he played five a year later. And kept, yeah, he oh. couldn't turn them on. This is the Halloween five of the Nightmare movies. They made it immediately just to cash in on three. As soon as three was a smash hit, they said, boom, go out right now. Here's $7 million. Go. Get this guy. Get this guy. Get this guy. Let's film now. He joked in this movie. Let's really make him joke in this movie. This happened here. Who cares about the fucking the continuity of the script? Just get anybody out there, write it, and get it in theaters now while he's hot. And that's what they did. And taking all the cues from the other movie. On delay. On delay. Oh. She said it one time. One fucking time in, the first, in Nightmare 3. And all of a sudden, she's fucking... Speedy Gonzalez in this movie. <laughs> it's her catchphrase. I think it's because maybe they were concerned that you wouldn't recognize her as Kristen's mom since you didn't, since it was a different Kristen. So they had to like nail that home. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and she has it's... different hair, completely different hair. Yeah, she well, doesn't what... have she doesn't have some asshole downstairs waiting for the bourbon. Who's <laughs> the fucking bourbon? Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. But she's an asshole. After everything that she's been through with Kristen in the last movie, watching all those kids die and everything, she still doesn't fucking get it. Really? She gives her sleeping pills? Doesn't she know what's going on? <laughs> she's selfish and oblivious. That's and why, why does Kristen have to go to sleep at that moment exactly? Why can't she wait till tonight? Her mother finds her annoying because she's not Patricia Arquette. <laughs> I believe that. Uh, Joey, we're going to recycle, like the on delay and all the other bullshit, we're going to recycle the wet dream gag. It's weird because when he's having this wet dream, him and Kincaid, when he was in the junker, they both call to Kristen as if they have the power to bring her into their dreams, which they are unsuccessful. So it's weird that they both do that as if they're calling to her. Which makes zero sense. It's it's almost like a moron wrote this. Well, no, they they thought they were calling out for help, hoping that he, that she would hear them. But how could she hear them? They don't have that power. That that makes no sense. And how did Joey end up in the fucking waterbed in real life? Yeah, that's so completely that's bullshit. And how come Kincaid, after Freddie killed him, when he woke up in the bed, wasn't bleeding? Because everybody else gets whacked. By Freddy's fucking nails, they bleed. Yeah, but Joey wasn't bleeding either inside the waterbed. Joey wasn't. He got drowned. He doesn't need to bleed. He wasn't fucked with. No, but there was blood in the water. No, he was. There was blood in the water, so he didn't bleed either. Yeah, another fuck up. (laughs) Yeah, really, because Kincaid just had a heart attack in real life. No, he didn't. He got stabbed by the fucking scissors or the scissors. The fucking. Well, no, but Freddy's knives. It just equated to to a heart attack. And he that makes sense. Sliced. Well, he didn't get sliced and diced like Glenn did in the first one. Yeah, so. it's just this doesn't make any sense. The rules don't apply. When you get cut in the dream, you're supposed to be cut in real life. So that Joey thing makes zero sense again. And then they make that little girl laugh. <laughs> they do that little girl laugh. Another fucking callback. Alex, three fucking times in this movie. Just because it happened once in part three, they magnified it times three here. Like everything. They just took every little thing and fucking just blew it up out of proportion. Just like, that reminds me of like when every fucking Halloween has to have Michael tilting his head and shit like that. Just because one time, and I pointed it out, when she goes, hi, what's your name? Kristen, what's yours? (laughs) Now, every time we talk to a little girl who does, who's one of the jump rope girls, every time we talk to her, she's going to go, I don't know. (laughs) Every time, every conversation is going to have a laugh. It's because ridiculous. one time 
she didn't answer her when she said, what's your name? She laughed at her instead. It's terrible. How about when they're in school <laughs> and they're standing there talking about Freddie and it's Kincaid and Joey and uh, Kristen. And by the way, now we know why Joey wasn't allowed to talk in fucking part three. Oh, he can't act his way out of a fucking paper bag, a fucking schoolhouse play. Oh, but anyway, um, how come when they're in that in school, all of a sudden they're talking about Freddie and they walk away and then all of a sudden you see the school lockers and they got that fucking Freddie's shit carved in there in like some neon red. How the fuck does that happen? Freddie's not even around yet. And even if he was, how could he even do that? Spirit Freddie did it. Right. He's not even around yet. Holy shit, I didn't even put that together. That is even dumber. One, how could it happen at all? Two, he's not even out of the, the dog pissing thing yet. Oh my god, is this stupid. It, it, no Maybe sense. it's the gender of the school groundskeeper, Willie. <laughs> yeah, when he was Freddy. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's... We get to the worst thing on the planet. This... Fucking! They they brought in three hundred pounds of sand, and spread it around a, uh, a a set piece, and poured water in the front, <laughs> and put palm trees up, and then had a dream where uh, Kristen is on the beach. So Freddie comes in, uh, jumping the shark uh, perfectly with a Jaws homage. And Jamie, you're a Jaws fan. Do you appreciate this? I, I don't really have any. Honestly, it seems a little late to the party. <laughs> to me, by the time this movie comes out, it's like, oh, ha ha, that was 25 years ago. That's Well, 13 years ago. Well, actually, so Jaws the Revenge oh, yeah. just came out in 87. So That movie sucks. <laughs> it actually, to me, is kind of neat to see a dream... To see Freddy in a dream that does not consist of something dark and boiler roomy, you know, it's a nice juxtaposition, I guess, to have like a bright, sunny, islandy feel and then have him come along. What I think is stupid about the whole thing is like when he puts on the sunglasses and then like Rennie Harlan's like, oh, now he's Tom Cruise, you know, <laughs> like, no, you know, I think it's corny. I, corny is all hell, but I don't hate it. Not as much as I hate some of the other stuff in this movie. I wanted sunglasses after I saw Freddie with the sunglasses on the beach. <laughs> yeah, I agree, though, with Jamie on that, that it's good to see something different with the beach. Even with Kristen running in the sand sinking, they already done that in two movies. One was in the fucking, you know, they're doing the same shit again. It's recycled. It was like, what's her name on the stairs in part one? And Kristen, same girl in, in part three when she gets stuck in that black tar shit. It's just rep repetition. Yeah, they said nothing. You know, and it, that that the Jaws thing, you know, I would even accept that then he just comes out of the ground in a creepy way and crawls up out of it. And it's yeah, but he yeah, but he did. He went into the castle and <laughs> explodes. That was amazing, dude. It's so great. Oh. Horrible. Why would it explode? Did you notice how many times the shot came from between Freddy's legs up over to you? There were so many shots of between Freddy's legs. Crotch POV. Yeah, the crotch POV happened about three or four times. It's like unbelievably annoying. So then we start, <laughs> you know, what, what I mentioned in the last review is that the reason the comedy worked in part three is because it pertained to the person themselves that he was killing. And 
it wasn't a pop culture reference. It was just sarcasm towards whatever they're into or whatever, you know, things like that. Um, now he's gonna, Freddie's gonna reference things that are going on while he's been dead for 15 years. He shouldn't even know reach out and touch somebody. He shouldn't even know learning is fun with Freddie. He shouldn't even know, uh, like, there was just a couple other lines. Uh, there was, like, another, like, one-liner that uh, he shouldn't even be aware of. Like, unless he's just hanging out in Dream World watching modern television. I don't exactly. even... That's your answer. It's brutal. What's he going to do to pass his time in between killing people? What does he do all day? What does he do when he's not in his little kill mode? Judge Wapner. Well, what do demons do? Judge Wapner. <laughs> he's like Mike A's watching fucking Leave it to Beaver. Exactly. Judge Wapner. <laughs> how come How come Freddy could only seem to kill people's friends? Like he latches on to one person and this somehow just takes out all their friends. How come he just can't kill... A bunch of random kids in in school. Why is there always some kind of he needs some connection? Well, in this case, he needs the connection because of the the, the, the girl's power to pull into the dream. So what if she never had that? Then guess then then he has nothing to do apparently. Only because of part three rules, though. You know? Yeah, but really, what would have happened? Like the last of the Elm Street children, if he would have got them all, then it's over with. He can be um, a happy soul now. He's a you know. He's accomplished his revenge. And, you know, look, part two got bashed by all three of you because you were so upset that Freddy's killing people while they're awake. Now, you know, people will dispute this. I've heard, like, the weirdest explanations. Freddy is killing people while they're awake all throughout this movie, if nobody's noticed. It's just because you think they're awake, though. They're yeah. not Okay, awake. okay, yeah, good. Let's hear this explanation. A girl's in the middle of bench presses, and she falls asleep. Now you're talking. Right. Ridiculous. How does that happen? I've never... I, be, I just came back from the gym. I didn't fall asleep in the middle of a set. Yeah, but she's probably been up also. And the Well, she did get back from her. riding her bike. She, We see her put her bike away. She does this thing where she sits down and goes, <sighs> See? Before yes. she starts doing the bench press, I guess that's supposed to tell us she's tired. Jamie, However, you're helping me. This is what brilliant. kind of no no? What <laughs> kind of idiot falls asleep while you're mid press? That you cannot, you can't do that. That's not going to mm. happen. You would put it down and go to bed. That's what. That's what you would do. You wouldn't just fall asleep. She was exa- She was utterly exhausted. Yeah, well, she would have died right then and there because when she she's mid press, she's up in the air. She falls asleep. That thing's going to come down and crush her fucking larynx, and she's dead. Over. Game over. No, you don't even need Freddy. And she falls asleep. Right, she would have just died. Yeah, well, maybe she had the power to just let it hover there over her. Oh, whatever. Now you're just dead. Come on. You don't don't believe that, Mike. I know you don't. Oh, yeah, by the way, the last line is uh, when Freddy goes, you can check in, but you can't check out. Like, how would he know, you know... It's just weird. Oh, yeah. It's a, yeah, the Roach Motel and the fucking... It's because, like I said, he's watching the TV. He sees all these commercials, and that's how you get it. Uh, now, Kristen's, you know, her death scene, uh, what happens is Freddy throws her into, like, a lava pit in, inside of some kind of... In real life, she she gets set on fire in her bedroom, and it takes these two kids who just think that something's wrong to head to the house 
and tell her mom that your daughter is cooking in the next room. Her mom has no clue that her house is on fire for God knows how long that this has been, it took them to get to that house. They go there, they run into the house, and it's on the, the bedroom's on fire, and then the mom comes in with them in shock. She has no idea that this is going on. Maybe, maybe she was entertaining a guest and she just had a little bit too much bourbon. That's all. It's daytime. Like, she's not the f- mom from part one. It doesn't matter. She's turned into an alcoholic since the the last film. What what is you know Rick is in denial. This is uh, Kristen's boyfriend, the the poor man's Feldman or Depp. Now, what does he think happened? He thinks that the room just randomly caught fire, and because there's no Freddy, there's no such thing. And he just thinks Kincaid and Joey just died. Uh, you know, a kid just ends up. In, of course, he's in his water bed. What's so crazy about that? Kincaid? <laughs> I know. A lot of 17-year-olds have heart attacks. <laughs> and they didn't even call it a heart attack. That's just Mike logic. He just he just died. Yeah. You know? These people just imagine you're, you're what's-his-name's mother. But then again, the same thing did happen in part one with Johnny Depp in the bed. All that blood. You know what's fucked up. I'll even give things passes. I, 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 really I know delayed I'm... SIDS. Mm. <laughs> yes, about 17 years too late. Now, Alice is taking on – like this is the most ridiculous thing. Uh, Alice is going to take on the personality traits and or special talents of all of her friends who die just because she got the power to drag people into her dreams. I don't understand what the one thing has to do with the other because Kristen never got any any of this stuff as the puppet guy died and the wizard died and all like she didn't get any of this stuff. How now does Alice just randomly now this is part of her life. And then she even goes as far as talking like the people. She literally went up to Sheila and said, "We have matching luggage. The bags under your eyes." Because Kristen said that to her. Yeah. Like, you just want... And then she just happens to have a pack of cigarettes on her and then goes to smoke and says, wait a minute, I don't smoke? Right. Why would she even have the fucking cigarette? If they were smart, if they were intelligent, the people that made this movie, even if they want to hammer that stupid point home, they should have just had her like... A friend of hers could have been smoking or somebody. She goes, hey, can I get up? Then takes it and puffs and goes, wait, I don't even smoke. What am I doing? You know, if they had some intelligence. Right. Yeah, that's even better. I was going to say walk into a convenience store to get a pack of gum or something and say, oh, can I, can I have a pack of cigarettes? And then in the middle say, what am I doing? You know, but hey, your idea is better. But there, me and you, two assholes on a fucking podcast, just came up with a better <laughs> fucking way to incorporate that aspect in your film, as stupid as it is. And that's what they did for fucking the people they hired in this movie. Yeah. Uh, at, what, what was this thing? So when Sheila... Now this is a great scene. Sheila gets the life sucked out of her by Freddy. He sucks... You do want to suck face. And he he sucks the air out of her, which is awesome. And then she drops, and I guess she goes... She has an asthma attack and dies. Now, I must have missed something. <laughs> Besides that bizarre robot arm coming out and grabbing her face, which I don't <laughs> Why know... Why was that there? What that was. Does anybody know? Did we miss something on that too, or no? I assume it was just because she was nerdy. I don't, and like it's a robot. I, I don't fucking know. I, I doesn't make any sense to me. It's like nerdy Freddy. It looked like the Futurama guy's arm. 
Robo Freddy. Yeah, you know, yeah, it looks like it was Bender attacking her from the <laughs> yeah. future. It really does. Oh, did you guys hear that Matt Wazell watched Robocop this morning? Did you know that? Oh, oh no shit. You don't say. He's going for Halloween 6 numbers, I'll tell you. <laughs> so You know what? The, the most amazing coincidence ever just happened live on the show right now. Uh-oh. And you're not going to believe it. I mean, it's so fucking random. I mean, ridiculous. Okay, there's a line in this movie when the girl says, give a bug a break. Okay? Now, I was going to bring that up just for fun because my brother was in a play when he was in first grade called Going Buggy. And in this play, the, different kids play different bugs. It was a first grade play. And they were going to um, Washington, D.C. for bugs rights. That's what it was about. And they were protesting and they had picket signs. And one of the kids had a sign and he yelled out. He goes, give a bug a break. So that was funny to me because I've only heard it in that movie. That movie. In that play in this movie. So now, no shit as I'm sitting here, I get a text right now. And this is, you know, this is 30 years ago this happened. My brother just out of nowhere decides, decides to send a text to me and my mother right now of the, the, the newspaper from way back then when he was in the play of a picture of that fucking thing. And it says going buggy. And it's first graders putting on a play. What? <laughs> yeah. No one's thought about this play for years. Wow. It all the stars aligned up again. That's fucking ridiculous. Right? Wow. Dude, yeah. I I can't. I played a potato in the second grade Thanksgiving play. What can you do with that? <laughs> I could do a rap about potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I eat my potato. So um, <laughs> then we get to this funny dream where the, the, the brother is taking a shit and he falls asleep while shitting. Like how many times do you do that? He dreams he's using the bathroom and his sister is there. I mean, that's yeah. kind of fucked up. Who does that? I mean, who brings your... What? That whole... I don't even... I just don't even like that scene. I, don't, I fell asleep I, on a toilet before, so... I don't... I just don't even like it. Like, I just... Uh... Maybe if they gave him a Blumpkin or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's a no, by the way. I know you're going to ask, and that's a no. <laughs> Uh, now Jamie, <laughs> but even in the even in the dream world, he didn't wipe his ass. That's the way they always do it, man. Yep, same old, same old. Did this whole movie just come off as fake to you guys? Like they just hired a bunch of like B actors or C actors? Like because you know in all these movies, of course they're B actors. Didn't this feel like even a fake imitation of a cast, and the movie was fake? Like, everything felt disingenuine and felt very hollow, and it felt like a shell of a movie. It was like a direct-to-video sequel. That's what it was like. And it, it, it was the opposite. It was the biggest thing on the planet, apparently. Yep. Because of part three. Because of, they were coming off the popularity of three, obviously. When the, when the last movie's a hit, it's, everyone knows that the next movie's going to have big numbers. Because they're going off, everyone's going to go see it. But the telltale is what happens here. Four comes out and makes all kinds of money, and then that's the end of it. Five and six, and done. By the time five comes out, they're fucking done. Because nobody wanted to see Freddy anymore after 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 this movie. Not nobody. I, I, I'm being hard on it, but, you know. What, you know, but what you said is right. What really bothers, I don't know what bothers me more. The fact that these people are trying to put out these movies... This movie, and they're and they're thinking that horror fans are stupid. And they're not even going to question anything. I don't know if that bothers me more, or the fact that people, some people, love this movie. 
I know. I it does bother me that people love this. Yeah, I just don't get it. There's so much wrong with it, technically, fucking every way possible. I just don't. I don't get it. Rick was, Rick was like, he was trying. It was weird because on the surface. There's nothing unlikable about him. He's a supportive brother. He has a sense of humor, I think. Uh, it seemed as if he was joking. And, I mean, I wasn't laughing. That's what I'm just, I just don't understand. But And all this type of stuff. Everything that a leading man should be doing, I suppose. But he just was not likable or charismatic at all. He's kind of a douche. It was like you couldn't get a real person, so you got him. That's what it seemed like to me. I don't know. I hear you. I don't gravitate to him at all. I, I, I it, and her, you know, both of them for that. She was better than Kristen, though. I, I'll give her that. It the fake Kristen. Than the fake Kristen. Yeah, the fake right. one. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Rick, they, like I said, they had no money by the time they shot his death scene. So Rick fights an invisible Freddy Krueger. And somehow in the middle of the fight, Freddy's glove is just there, which if it was he there. He kicked the, it off. Sayonara, Rick. If it was there the whole time, he would have been able to identify where Freddy was. Clearly, it was not there the whole time and just showed up right before he kicked it, which seemed like an afterthought. It's almost as if they shot the whole thing where Freddy was invisible and then said, well, how the fuck are we going to kill you? We just can't have you fall on the ground and bleed. So let's just have Freddy's glove there and he kicks it off and he gets up and and it goes after him. Well, we didn't shoot any of that with the, with the glove, and he was supposed to be invisible. Who gives a fuck? Just put the glove on right before he kicks it off. These assholes won't even know the difference. And that's what they did. I they... didn't know the difference. See? <laughs> and the dialogue. He's like, what's the matter, Freddy? Are you two wimpies? <laughs> How about when this guy Rick dies, Alice screams in class, and the windows blow the fuck out into oh, the room? So cool. How how does this happen, Mike? Because it's it's not reality. No, it. it... Wait, that was supposed to be reality. Oh, though, that was it? a dream. Yeah, it was a dream. Oh, because she's right. She wait. So her daydreams. I don't understand though. Her she daydreams about other people while they're sleeping, and then Freddy can now kill them. So she daydreams the entire way through. Never wakes up at any point. But even when they die, doesn't she always get that jolt? Isn't that her awake? Yeah, and then she falls. It jolts, and then she goes right back to sleep. Yeah, that's a, that's a great movie. Th- this movie is like... <laughs> you ever see American well, Ninja... Well, C2 th- did the same thing. So. Do you ever see American Ninja 3? You know how that's known for being so bad it's good? Ninja 3, the domination. Yeah, that. Like, this has to be that. People have to like this movie because it's just so bad. That it's good. They have to. I used to. Not Vince anymore. Does. Now I can't even, it doesn't even entertain. Now I just watch it and I'm, it just angers me. I, it, there was a time I used to, I would watch part three with friends because part three was so good. Then afterwards, watch part four just to compare and laugh at it. And I, I have no desire to, to, to do that. I'm, granted, I'm, you know, I'm older now and it's different. I was, it, to me, it's not even so bad it's good anymore. To me, it, it's it's so bad it's bad. It, it really is. Like, all I can think is, and, I, and I'm and i not really like that. I, I don't like to pick a movie apart and criticize it from every angle, but when I'm watching it, I just, I don't know. That, that's all I can do. Last night, I was so upset, man, because I haven't had a night to myself 
in a pretty long time. And Tiffany was out. She was doing other things last night. But I had to watch this for this show. And I was so pissed. Oh, that was great texting, I'll tell you that. (laughs) That I wasted my night on this fucking piece of shit. I was so, like, the first goddamn free night. How about this? I I spent fucking, I spent $3 to watch this movie on my fucking phone on break at work. I had no time to watch it. I wasn't going to subject my wife to it. Sorry. I I wasn't going to. Yeah, she's messed up. I wasn't going to. Uh, actually, I think, no, I wouldn't do it because it's if so bad. If you need any of the other ones, actually, you let me know. From this point on, Brian wanted me to publicly give him credit for <laughs> for watching these films with me. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with this one and going through the rest of the series. <laughs> well, I agree with Amen. You. I do, too. And I'm like, I, you get credit all the time. And he's like, I am the unsung hero. <laughs> I'm like, no, I sing about you. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's asking a lot to have somebody watch this with you. It really is. And I remember at the end of the, if you listen to the part, if you want to go full uh, Nightmare on Elm Street with us, go watch the uh, Skeleton Crew Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 Dream Master commentary, video commentary. You can watch the movie along with us. Um, at that time, it was me, Jamie, and Dan. And that at the end of that uh, commentary, I said... I will never, until I'm, I will die never watching this again. Well, you went back on that. Well, I had to for this thing, and I said, I will, there's no reason for me to ever do this again. I have no desire whatsoever to ever watch this again. And here I am. Sorry. Couldn't believe, I know. Yeah, it is your fault, because you wanted to do this. I know it is. Nine-year-old me loved this movie. And I even had, um... Makes sense, nine-year-olds made it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a girl that lived uh, two doors down from me, like, we went to the theater to see it. Then when it came out on um, VHS, she would come over to my house and we'd watch it. And we'd um, do the um, Wanna Suck face scene. Wanna Suck Dick? <laughs> That's what <laughs> I, I would have said uh, the variation of it. <laughs> so this idiot goes, hey, baby, in his coffin. I hate that. Oh, it's so bad. I, I and th- hate it. Yeah, what? Hate you know... Well, they showed it in the video, and of course they had to do it again. They're even doing shit in the same movie. They yeah, right. Callbacks in the same movie, yeah. They're doing it in the same fucking movie. And like, it's so weird because they show Kristen with this kid, and the relationship looks so good. Oh, and then she, they're watching the video, and Elle says, oh, you made her so happy back then. or so. How the fuck long have these people been hanging out together? They weren't even heard of the last movie. <laughs> they, they were. She was in an institution. Yeah, How? but in hindsight, we don't know the time differential between. She was in an institution a year ago. Oh well, I just, I just put that out the window. How could you look at Kincaid and Joey? They're all the same age. They're all within a year. They make it sound like she's been hanging out with this group for fucking five years. Like, I guess the Saved by the Bell gang fucking five years later. Yeah, but you know what somebody will say? They'll go, yeah, but you got to remember, Kristen just went to that institution in part three. She was a new member, so she could have been dating him before her mom brought her there with the suicide. That's what they'll say. Could say that. There's always something, dude. There's, like people Except, who love. But he's not gonna be mentioned at all in that. He's not gonna. She's not gonna. You know, write him a fucking letter. He's not gonna. You know, I mean, bullshit. If if she had a boyfriend, it would have come up. Yeah, they'll say, oh, it didn't come up in three days. She was too busy going crazy and worrying about dying. She didn't talk exactly. about a boyfriend. That's what they'll say. Exactly. I could have looked I aside. Say. I could have looked. I know. See, Mike. You know, you can't say with the girlfriend though. 
the friends I could even look away. I could say, okay, maybe she did have those friends, and why would they may not come up? But a boyfriend, you know damn well a boyfriend's going to be brought up, or like Jamie said, they'll be trying to make contact and everything else. Yeah, it's just yeah, you can't do nothing about that though. You know, they just that's something they implemented later on. That I'll even give a pass because uh, not the boyfriend. I can't give the boyfriend a pass. Friends, yeah. But... Well, the boyfriend I will, but here's the thing: they could have fixed that. They could have said we only. Man, I just feel like I just got together with her last summer or or when she got out of Weston Hills, you know, she's only it's only been a few months and now it's over. You know, they could have done something to sort of give us a, a timeline here instead of sort of making it like this is a two year relationship in a way. But so then you get to this this scene where after he dies, she suddenly is Michelangelo with the nunchucks. Oh well, that's his power. This horrendous body double. Every time they go from behind, this girl with this thick brown hair. Then when they do the front, it's her with red hair. What would be so hard? Seven million dollars can't get you a nice soiled wig. Like you're telling me, you couldn't get red hair wig. I couldn't tell the difference. What? I, oh, you're full of shit. I'm serious. I could not tell. You are so oh my full God. of shit. My doesn't daughter... even look like real hair, much less her real hair. Looks like yak hair. <laughs> Made me want to yak. <laughs> I I have to say, I mean, it bothers me enough that she's wearing that goddamn jacket the whole time. And I'm like, take off your fucking jacket. You're in the house. <laughs> and, and then Brian's like, well, baby, it's because there's not her. They have to have the jacket on so it's less obvious i'm like oh yeah because that works it's totally less obvious yeah, those, those <laughs> fucking broad shoulders are really fooling me with that jacket <laughs> jesus Asshole. maybe she was cold yeah wait she's awake why does she have these powers when she's wide awake and she's playing with nunchucks and, and she can do karate it's bad enough that she can do it in her dreams but if you're wide awake how the fuck is all all of a sudden she able to do nunchucks and karate and everything else it doesn't make any no, sense he could at barely all. do it when he was awake yeah, he wasn't really that good at it. To be honest. Yeah, they make him like he's fucking Bruce Lee, right? Yeah, and then they have him having a punch out fight with Freddy because yeah. that's because <laughs> He went from Bruce Lee to Rocky <laughs> with an invisible Freddy, which is just stupid. Now the director's <laughs> favorite scene of the movie. Uh, she gets pulled. She's in a movie theater and she's watching uh, Weefer Madness. Reefer, man. Reefer, sir. Reefer. You called it Weefer? I thought you were going to say Queefer for a minute. Queefer would have been better, yeah. Queefer, man. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> and, um... Listen to those farts. It's pretty cool, I guess. She gets sucked into the movie screen, and she actually, you know, falls into it. You get to... She goes into her diner, West Craven. Craven. Crave Inn. Oh, the yeah. Crave Inn, yeah. Crave Inn. <laughs> Nod, nod, wink, wink. Yeah, and yeah, he wants his name on this piece of shit. He's like, guys, call it fucking Carpenter or something. Just do any, <laughs> anything else. <laughs> Carpenter. Call it, uh... Call it like, Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, Spielberg. <laughs> anything but my name. Freddy, you know, wants more people, but he, she sees herself when she's old and she's a loser still working there and has no no life. And uh, that's cool, I guess, that, you know, they made her up to be old. And then Freddy pulls a, she gets a pizza pie. It's like a meatball pizza. And all of their heads are in it. Now, that borderline, that's borderline. See, I wonder if we saw this in part three, would we swallow it? No pun intended. 
I don't really have a problem with it. Yeah, I think it's okay. No, it's okay. It's passable. Even the effects are aren't aren't great when they show the head close up. But it was nineteen eighty eight or whatever. Right. It, whatever. I'll give that. I'll give that a pass too. That's okay. It's it's, it's a, a decent thing to put in a dream. Right. Yeah, I'm okay with it. So, uh, Alice, like we said, the whole thing is she randomly picks people to suck into her dreams. But here's what doesn't make any sense. So she's sitting there, and just because, let's just say somebody's... Okay, Alice, I guess, daydreams. Then Freddy runs over to her and says, Oh, good, you're dreaming. Now get one of your friends. And just because of that, at that moment, her friends are working all night or riding their bike or, uh, you know, whatever it is, and happen to doze off at that moment. Because Freddy... It's way too convenient. It's fucking just... It's amateur writing. It's insulting to your audience, I venture to say. Yeah. Then you get the repeat scene gag where she goes to help this girl who's working out. And we have to watch the same scene four times in a row. Like we're... You, know, you know what the sad thing is? When I saw that in the theater, I actually thought that the film was, was on a loop or messed up or something. <laughs> I believe that. I, I looked. I looked at my mother, and I'm like, I, I think there's a problem here. We just did this. Nine year old Michael and she, J. And she didn't say anything. She's like, eat your popcorn, Mike. Yeah. When they finally, when they <laughs> finally like said, didn't we do this before? Like it dawned on me, and I'm like, wow, my mind is totally blown. Yeah, that was about thirty seconds before Mike goes up to the counter and goes, "Excuse me, sir." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so then we get another, I guess, cool scene when her arms break. It's pretty memorable. Her arms break off and she becomes a roach because she stepped on one in the earlier part of the movie. Yeah, it's okay. It doesn't make sense. It's cool looking. It's great looking. It really is. It doesn't make any sense. I well, apparently she's a, apparently she's definitely afraid of him, which we don't. we have no way of knowing except for the one time she stepped on a roach that was in her food and then later on the nerdy girl's like i made this because debbie's so terrified of roaches like oh she is wait we didn't her stepping on one in the very beginning of the film does not indicate that she has some kind of horrible crippling phobia Mm -hmm. it's just that is just a natural reaction you know yeah like you're not gonna step on (laughs) yeah someone who's not terrified wouldn't have stepped or had a problem with a roach being on her potato chip (laughs) <laughs> or, or nacho, whatever it was. I would have screamed and threw it down. I thought it was a donut. I don't know. Then we get to the worst uh, montage ever. Oh. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, what's the significance, Jamie, of when her friends die, she can't look at them anymore on her mirror? No, no, no. No, I think I got it. Because I, I was thinking about this as I was watching it earlier. Well, what it is 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 it's it's letting her realize her true potential, and as she is clearing off the mirror, she's finally seeing what she has, you know, what she has become and what she yeah, can she, do. She's saying, "Holy shit, I need makeup." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need to wash my hair. Yeah, she literally does it. Though. So she does that, <coughs> looks in the mirror. Everyone's dead. So now there's a little bit of everybody in her. The slut. That's a hell of a cream pie. <laughs> she puts ev she puts something on of everyone 
she does this, and when she meets up with Freddy in a dream, she decides to punch and kick him. She's not even in a dream, Alex. She's fucking wide awake. There's an accident. Remember, there's that whole fucking thing. First of all, they say that they're both asleep. Well, we think that they're both asleep. Then they're driving in that repetition scene. And are they both awake? They say they're both awake. Then they know we're both asleep. I, it makes no fucking sense. Even if she can daydream, Rick doesn't have that power. So it holds no fucking. <laughs> yes. You all right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they do all that ridiculous shit. Then they, you know, then they say something about he has that car accident, right? For no reason, all of a sudden he slams into like invisible shit, which also makes no sense because they're awake. And then he's like, oh yeah, don't give him gas, he's gonna fall asleep. They ignore him. They fucking, who, now, my wife is allergic to fucking anesthesia. If, if you're in an ambulance and someone says, don't give me gas, they're not gonna fucking give you gas. <laughs> they just straight up ignore him. Oh, no, don't worry about it. Oh no, I'm sorry guys, I got confused. They were, they, they were trying to give him a shot in the thing and then fucking Alice smacks it out of the paramedic's hand. Then later when he goes in for surgery, they're giving him the gas on his face. And he's like, no gas, no gas. He's pushing away and they force it on him. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? They could have killed the fucker. Right. They didn't even ask him why. Like, they don't know that he's paranoid about falling asleep. Uh, nobody cares if you're going to put him to sleep to help them and do surgery on him. Clearly, there might be a reason this guy's asking you to stop doing that. Yeah, if he's allergic, he could die straight up. So that, that's ridiculous. But anyway, he's dreaming. She does all that shit in the montage and randomly... Jumps into the mirror, right? Jumps into a that mirror wide awake. Great. How does it make any sense? <laughs> how, how is she instantly asleep? <laughs> Guys, I'm so sorry. I had it muted and the cat unmuted. No, that's it. great, Jamie. I'm so glad you did that. Hey, now no. you hear all of Mike's coughing. What the fuck is going on here? He could barely get his coughs out. He had no breath in his lungs. Poor Mike. <laughs> so she jumps into the mirror and she's in dream world now. Because she just, did she daydream while she was doing her montage? It Was it that boring that she fell asleep? The montage, she was asleep when she did the montage. <laughs> what? She was doing, she was sleep montaging. Dave, clearly there is no logical explanation. You could just say that about anything here. You can say that the whole just rest of the Just say the series. whole movie is a fucking dream. Right. How that's about a, that? That's the problem with this shit. People who are apologists... The whole franchise is a fucking dream. There we go. Case closed. Oh, I'm already... I feel like I got it. I want to get out of this. I don't want to finish this retrospective. No, because this it doesn't get any worse than this, Al. Dude, Please. come on. I'm no, telling you, here's what pisses me off. The micro-naps, people bitch about the micro-naps in, in, in the remake. They're this ridiculous, is dude. a fucking million times worse. Oh, so daydreams totally is okay? I totally disagree with your Who, statement. How is a daydream even a dream, first of all? In real life, a daydream doesn't really fucking exist. You don't see things. You don't see things that aren't there like a fucking – like she's going to walk up to her father and smash a fucking addition say, I'm tired of you drinking your life away and then wake up. That's not how daydreams work. It's a fucking – Well, no, that's because she's just, she's just imagining the confidence that she could have or should have. Fine. So she's imagining, Mike. It doesn't mean she's dreaming or asleep in any way. My mind's wandering 24-7 usually. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't constitute as sleeping. Well, so is mine. My mind's wandering right now. There you like, go. Yeah, daydreaming, that is the greatest thing I ever heard in my life. I was trying to explain this movie to people, 
and explain its major plot fault and total fail. And you just did it. Daydreaming is a figure of speech. Yeah. There's no such thing. You cannot just daydream Freddy. That's not how it works. You go to sleep. In Nightmare you get, 4 it is. You get REM, or rapid eye movement sleep. You go under, then he comes. You don't just do anything and uh, he's just... Here, like, uh, let's just skip to the remake and get the fuck out of here. I, I wouldn't mind. No, the other ones are at least fun. No, this is so bad that it's fucking... Oh. Is it just me, or... When you think of Freddy Krueger and you picture him, does he ever really look the way he does when you watch him in a movie? I always feel like there's something that's always off about him. I Like, when I picture him, it never looks like he really looks like in a movie. Like, something's weird around the eyes or something. Something's weird. Well, he's different, like, every time, so it's kind of hard to... To zero in on a certain... Right, uh, on a certain look, because in, in each movie he looks a little different. Different makeup effects artists do a different look. I mean, he looks the same, but, like, if you look closely, right. the makeup... Like, in some of them, he's, like, really shiny and Vaseline-y. Yeah, and, this and one, some... he was Vaseline-y. Yeah, Vaseline-y. <laughs> Mussolini. <laughs> he was he didn't have a lot of the red in his face. It was more just all peach and like twisted skin and stuff. It was like hmm. weird. So she shoots that stupid thing, the roach thing, the roach killer into his chest. He puts she puts a hole in his chest. She thinks she won. His heart's beating. That's pretty cool, I guess, but it looks so fake. But you got to forgive it cuz it's 1988. And uh he he just closes it up and he's like, "I am eternal." These kids are singing, and they do a rhyme, and they say about something evil looking in the mirror. She picks up a broken mirror on the floor and just shows it to Freddy, and that's the end of them. Yeah, but she explained it out, so it makes total sense. Evil okay. looks at evil, looks at evil, or evil sees itself, so evil dies. So wait a minute. Now, let me take you back to part three. Uh, yeah, all those mirrors, yeah. Yeah, all those mirrors. Yes, he's playing in mirrors. He's going back and forth. He's doing all kinds of mirror shit. And if you're going to push that aside, how the fuck is a guy looking into a mirror? Don't forget what happened in part three. They fucking buried his bones and threw fucking holy water on him and desecrated the motherfucker. And that is not supposed to kill evil, but uh, a well, mirror is. maybe what they should have done was just show, maybe show the skeleton in three a mirror. And all of this would have been avoided. <laughs> in part two, he was even in a mirror looking at Jesse. Well, then show that's right. Mirror in part two. Everything that happened in part three was for nothing. It's like part three may as well not have even existed. All that shit, all those characters that we liked, and everything Nancy. they went through, it spits in their face. Right. It's this whole fucking movie. All, everything they did. Uh, Freddy Krueger's mother from the fucking grave, a nun, comes and says, do this. This is evil. <laughs> How do you? How can you beat desecration of holy water and burying bones? Could it get any fucking more permanent than that? Right. That was the perfect ending. Yes. This is, is this is the H two. This is the Halloween resurrect of this series. One hundred percent. Because, like I've said before, H two O was the perfect end to a series, perfect end to a villain, and they shit all over it by fucking making resurrect them. This is the exact same fucking scenario. Exactly. Now here's the, here, here here's the bitch of it. You get this amazing ending for Freddy. You know it's hard. 
like you you hate the fact that that's how he's dead. You hate the fact that he's even alive again. You know, they show this amazing ending where all these arms and his arm comes out of the back of his head and grabs a bar and all these people start trying to peel out of his chest and shit. You get Linnea Quigley's tits. Mm-hmm, that's a plus. Yeah, but barely. I mean, they don't show him nearly enough. No. They do show her twice, though. But the funniest shit ever is that when they showed the doc, when they were filming that, the oh, fucking yeah. thing fell over and all the people were inside of it. Push your chest out, Linnea! Yes! <laughs> you know why she was even in this? Because she was dating Kevin Yeager at the time. I got fucking a hot-bodied girlfriend. Let's put her in there just because just then I used to show a fucking someone besides these awful fucking characters that have been in this movie. Yeah. Let's show Linnea. That'll work. Luckily, we're at the end. Now, Freddy's dead, I guess. And they're sitting by a fountain, and they, you know, I'm, I think everybody in the world's so tired of these endings now. I know, I cried because I knew that at that point I thought that Robert England wasn't coming back and it was going to be the final Ugh. Freddy, and I literally, like, bawled and cried like a baby in the theater. At least when a Halloween or a Friday is over, you think that that's the end of these guys each time. Because, you know, in terms of there's no hint that they're back. I mean... Sometimes, like, <coughs> at the end of six, Jason, like, opens his eye or some shit, but... Yes, under the water. I mean, that's about it, I yes. think. Yeah, but it's so good. And Freddy shows up in a pool reflection, like... Yeah, but then he disappears, so it's like, you know, ho- you know, is he there or is he not, so... Yeah. Is it live or is it Memorex? Yep. So that's it. Exactly, I Dave's mean, I have nothing right. to say. Mike, I appreciate your efforts, but I don't think anybody can save this or come up with an explanation you did you did good at a couple of them but me and the select group i'm sure will still enjoy the film so you know there we go this was if you if you watch the commentary that we did i think it's pretty clear that i don't like this film um but then when i was watching it this time i was thinking is it really that bad like is it really as bad as say five um or six and I was like but there are some things that I like about it you know and then we talked about these things you know there are some things that I do like about it like I'm okay with the pizza thing I actually like the bug thing I think it's nice and the creepy and well done um but then there are so many things about it that just if you it just it doesn't I don't know it doesn't seem to match up with anything that really came before it seems like haphazardly thrown together and it was and it shows i don't know it's just it's not very good so i guess it kind of what it feels like happened here and i think this is what happened really is what it feels like they took the things that have worked like basically the kills (laughs) they they took that focused on that and then didn't really give much of a shit about the story they had to build around it and then this is where Freddy's, you know, he really starts to get kind of out of hand with the wisecracking. So mm-hmm. it's like they, that's what they were nailing on. That's where they were trying to focus on was the Freddy parts. And then the rest of the parts, they didn't seem to give much of a damn about. And I think it shows. Whereas in previous films, it was they focused on weaving the entire story and the other characters mattered as much as Freddy. Like this is the first time that Freddy comes front and center. Yeah, he's the star. 
he yep. is the star. Like this is the first time that they just pretty much pushed everyone else aside and said, Freddie's the star of this fucking movie. And that this is what happens when you do that. It starts to go downhill because the thing that was strong about the ones before this is that it didn't do that, is that it focused on all the characters. Yeah. This is just crazy. It's just Oh yeah, real quick, Will Wilhelm wants to know, um <clears throat> he wants us to compare Tuesday night to um Patricia Arquette. Yeah. There is no comparison. Tuesday night sucks. Agreed. I agree. I mean, I prefer Arquette. I don't... I don't think she sucks, necessarily. I just... To, to me, she seems like a... I, they play this character two completely different ways. You know, like... I see Patricia Arquette as being stronger. Hmm. The Patricia Arquette Kristen. And this Kristen being you know, older, wiser, having already gone through the stuff that she went through, she should be even stronger than the Kristen that we first met in part three. This one seems all mealy-mouthed and weak. Um, you know, at the and first whiny. sign of... At the, and very whiny. And at the first sign of any kind of discomfort, she immediately starts pulling her friends in for no reason. You know, and her friends don't even seem to like her. Right. You know, I mean, like, Kincaid's all pissed. He's like, bitch, what are you doing? You know, um... <laughs> Bitch, give us Garquette like, back. Kincaid and Joey, they don't even like her. So I mean, it's just, she doesn't seem like the same character to me, you know? No one's likable. Lisa Turtle's not likable. Tori's not likable. Oh, it's... The, the main poor man's guy is not likable. Uh, people seem to like Alice. I don't I don't get that. Because she reprised her role. She became the new bitch on the block, four and five, yeah. you know? Only because of that. Just because she reprised her role, she gets fucking, you know, special treatment. It's, it's like Kane Hodder as Jason, you know? Yeah. Nothing yeah. against him, but you know what I'm saying. The the boyfriend, Dan, completely generic, unlikable. Like, the cast fell so short. Hey, why did Dan bring another girl to the bar? I'm sorry, Alex. Because he wasn't with case. Alice at the time, I guess. But he was trying... Well, why would you go and visit a girl that you're trying to get into her pants... And have another girl outside. Isn't it, isn't that kind of go against everything you're trying to do? Well, would you ever? Do, he went out of his way just to stop at this fucking place to see her, to let her know, hey, I haven't seen you around. That's what you do when you're trying to seduce a chick. He needs a fallback in case. You know. Yeah, but why? Don't bring her. Pick up the chick after you go and see the first girl. Well, he's smooth. He figures so he can do it. Yeah. Well, sorry. It, mm. it just popped into my head when you said his name, Alex. That, that scene. Well, it worked. He got her, and he. He, he got to bang Alice. Obviously, he had a he dropped a load in her, as you could tell in the next movie. So. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah, now she has something to live for, she tells him, at the end of the movie. But, like, like before, everything's okay now. Yeah, because all her friends are dead, yeah. <laughs> her brother, her mother, everyone's dead, but she has this boyfriend that she just started seeing three weeks ago. Oh, I have something to live for now. Or what the hell does she say? She goes, now I have some more reason to stay awake now, she says. Yeah, oh. sure. She's an easy broad, I guess. She has a reason to stop smoking now. Because <laughs> she's pregnant. Oh, right, yeah. Very good. New on HBO, Lena Headey finally took her walk of shame on the finale of Game of Thrones. The real shame turned out to be Lena's use of CGI for her bare stroll, but there's no denying that's some fantastic full nudity from her body double. Nice Baratheon. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. 
Nude on Blu-ray, SNL funny lady Kristen Wiig makes her nude debut in Welcome to Me. During a mental breakdown, Kristen strips nude and walks through a casino, showing off her magnificent mams in a sweet merkin. Nice wig, Kristen. Nude on Netflix, season three of Orange is the New Black has landed, and it's chock full of naked prisoners. From series star Taylor Schilling's sensational sapphic encounters with Laura Prepon and the beautifully butch Ruby Rose to Taryn Manning's best nude scene since season one, these naked jailbirds will give you a stiff sentence. MrSkin.com. Fast forwarding to the good parts. Hello, kitties. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to The Skeleton Crew. <laughs> Rating time. Uh, Dave, how do you rate Nightmare on Street 4 Dream Master out of 5? It's fucking horrible. There's, yeah, the only thing I like about it at all is the FX and the music, but everything that's so piss poor just drags it right down. And I've given very, very few in my life, but this is definitely a one. And here's the worst part of it. This is the only movie I can think of where I, you go from a five to a one in a series. Jamie, what do you give this movie? Uh, 2.5. The cop out. Wow, that's high. <laughs> well, it's, um, I know it gets a whole lot lower. <laughs> I'll round it to three, Jamie, just because that's what TV No, no, no. If I was going to round it, that, I would round it down. That's... Yeah, but that's what they right do. Right on, Jamie. If you give it a half, they round it up. To me, like, this is, like, all the stuff that I said about part two, this is, like, right in line with that, you know? I mean, I don't really like it, but it is watchable. It is, I, I think it is watchable. Plus, there's a little bit of nostalgia with this one yes, for me. Yes, I win. It used to be for me. I win. Yeah. All right. Uh, didn't Mike? What do you rate this out of five? The scale is broken because it's five times infinity. Dude, come on. I love it. I love it, and I'll tell you. Wait, how come in part two you completely shit on it and gave it a one or something because of our retro? But now, after what with the hatchet job we just laid on this, this didn't affect your fucking five? Yeah, well, because two sucks. So does this. We just Not at pointed all. that out. No way. Not at all. This is ridiculous. What's the point of doing these shows? It, it's almost like <laughs> I... Here's, here's, here's what happened. Why you guys were talking negative about it? I just pretended like I was back in the Born Again church and I just, fit, you know, <laughs> thought about Loomis Halloween, Loomis Halloween, Donald Pleasant, Loomis Halloween, Donald Pleasant. Why didn't you do that when we were talking about part two? Because I don't like part two. Yes, you did. You said it was a 3.5. No, I said I said it would have been a 3. Okay, it's like. Yeah, but then, yeah, but it's it's barely a 3. I mean, it would have been barely a 3. It probably would have been a 2.5 rounded to a 3. Okay. Uh, I give this a 1.5. Ooh, see, that's even better than I thought. Because it's 2. Yes. Only for the iconic... Like, if they, they had so many iconic moments that you have to give him something for that like the waterbed kill was cool until it makes no sense that he's in the waterbed um the pizza thing was cool the sucking into a movie theater was cool although it was a little boring the roach kill was iconic and the uh pulling the arms coming out of freddy and all that type of shit that is really great so i cannot ignore those things 
a one a one point five. Look, if dude, if if but you didn't hate it as much as Dave said because if Dave can give it, his maybe Dave score, doesn't appreciate those things that I, I thought were. Yeah, but see, I can believe that Dave will never watch it again. I cannot believe that I will, will never, never watch, watch this again. I cannot believe that. I can believe that. Just because one, he gave it the point, point five. At a 1.5, I do not believe You know what he did? 1.5 is because of the effects, and I respect that. I even said I liked the effects and I liked the music, but everything else was so bad that it, it just drug it down that low that I couldn't justify giving it above a 1, even though there was a few tiny things I liked about it. So I'm on board with Alex as far as opinion he just happened to give it the point five where i said i can't forgive i can't give it above a one that's all it is we feel the same way right speaking of music let's give a nod to this mostly shitty soundtrack oh um i mean there are a couple of there are a couple of songs i actually like the tuesday night song in the beginning, I think it yeah. just fits, you know, and it's timely. I mean, it's it, nostalgic. You know, it feels it feels right for the time period. Mm-hmm. And the "Put Your Hands on Me" song, I like that. Just because. I don't mind the song, but it's a terrible song that for oh, someone yeah. to, to yeah. work out to. Who would lift weights to a song like that? And on top of that, it's a terrible outro to the movie. Well, and well, if we you don't watch just the have credits, yeah. the movie has like four songs playing in the credits. I'm like, we how many credits. songs do they need to fucking play in these credits? And Brian's like, I think they're trying to push the soundtrack. I'm like, oh. does it count as being a soundtrack if the only time you hear it is a part of it in the credits? I and I mean, yeah. if that's the only... The, I mean, yes, Stupid. I know that if you have one song playing at the end of the credits, obviously that's going to be in the soundtrack. But I mean, if you clearly have put a song in the credits solely so you could add it into the soundtrack, that's ridiculous. Oh. And especially if you use like three or four songs. That's just dumb. Money, money, money. This Who whole doesn't fucking like seat. Go West? Really? Yeah. Which, by the way, there was, um, as of, I'm not sure, I'm sure it's ended by now, but there was a campaign that Tuesday night started. She's going to re-release this single. Right. She wants to re-record it or something, and we have to give her money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the Indiegogo prices. or, or, or um, Kickstarter or something like that. Yeah, do you know why? Remember when she was on our show? And we interviewed her, and she was pushing this album of hers. Well, I, I got it. And this song from this movie, it sounds like absolute shit. Well, it's probably the original recording from 88, and they didn't really do anything. No, Mike, it. it sounds like they pulled it from the movie with Total Recorder. Seriously? Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll play that actual. I'll try to find that. I don't know if I that's even have that. That's probably, honestly, that's probably the version that you have that I sent you. <laughs> Yeah, you probably gave me the same one because yeah. it's so bad. And I think that so many people complained that she goes, I really love my fans from 30 years ago. You know what we should do? We should just re-record that song and sell it again. You know, and that's what they're – I don't even know if it – I'm not sure if it was accomplished or not, that Indiegogo. No, it didn't. It, it wasn't accomplished. And the, the problem was she was asking for too much. Right. It was a lot of money. That's what I'm saying. Who the fuck are you? I mean, if it was like $10 or something or something, you know, where you could contribute and it was realistic, that's fine. But I don't like when I see things on Indiegogo or fucking Kickstarter and they're asking you to pay, you know, top dollar for something. Right. Isn't it supposed to be about discounts? Aren't you supposed to be getting something for value? Because I don't know. Maybe I misunderstand the whole Kickstarter. Maybe it was $20. I think it was $20 or 25 It was something crazy. I would yeah, pay was... $25 if the Smashing Pumpkins fucking wanted it. Yeah, right. Tuesday night. Right, exactly. Like, who is she? 
I have nothing against her personally. She was a very nice person, but god damn, stop milking shit from years ago, man. And and stop it's just it just seems disrespectful like we're idiots. Like you're going to take advantage of loyalty. It's just stupid. But all right, so that was the movie. All right, guys, so tune in next week and we will review A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, The Dream Child. Until then, Check out Tuesday Night and this low-quality version of her song, which she sold people two or three years ago. Good night. Good night. Bye. Later. See you next week as the Skeleton Crew's A Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective continues. Same bedtime. Same dead channel. (laughs) 